Hi, my name's Amanda Trout and welcome to Reality Arts Podcast. Each week I will bring you a different insight and inspiration about art, creativity and arts in health. Join me as we step out of our comfort zones, unwrap those hidden gems and move forward in our creative purpose. Hello, it's Amanda um, and I'm smiling because it's sunny today and whilst I'm still wrapped up, um, it's nice, it's nice to feel the sun on your skin. So this is kind of like the second day that, or third day maybe, that um, I've been able to feel the sun and because being in the city, well not city, central London, but you know, being around, built in a built up area, you're gonna find that um, the temperature is a lot warmer. So, um, yeah, it's cool in the gang. But um, there's a little bit of cloud in the sky. And up north, so no, I'm not a, a weather person anyway. Yeah, so I just really wanted to touch base. Whatever you're doing, I hope that you are blessed. Um, just come from seeing mum and we dealt with a few issues and the takeaway from that is if you see something say it there is there is no perfect care home um, and it is a partnership not only between the staff that take care of your loved one, but also the, um, the family. Um, you can't expect your loved one to um, to have all their needs taken care of um, by the staff in a care home. And I'm not saying that we did, but this is something that, um, for me, it's been a constant. When you're looking after somebody, um, whether they have dementia or any other illness you have to be part of that program of care um, and obviously the staff are dealing with um, specific areas of care getting up, dressing, feeding what have you um, and part socially you know whether they have any activities that they um, do with the person that they're caring for but the emotional needs um, as far as I'm concerned some of them a lot of the emotional needs are met by the family and it should be met by the family and where you can get you know family members involved in that that impacts on the person that is being cared for so much, so much that you don't actually realise it, you don't realise how much impact you will have. Anyway, so wrapping it up, because time's going. Um, just to really think about, I've talked about self-care, talked about, you know, caring for somebody else, asking for help and get out there and get some sunshine or get out there and get some fresh air because you know, being indoors as well is something that is a no-no. Anyway, so um, my time's running out, so I'm going to go now. You're listening to Reality Arts, helping you to increase your creativity and unlock your hidden talents.
I hope the episodes that um, I'm recording are kind of flowing through seamlessly. In, in one part of the recording, I'm recording out on the street, and it's usually as I am inspired, or in the case of when I'm talking about um, caring in dementia and uh, looking after my mother, it's as I leave the um, home that she's in. So I'm going to continue now with looking at the care partnerships. So you can also find um, this information on my blog as a blog post and I'm going to be adding a few extra bits. So there's going to be a few bits that are different in the post and in the um, podcast recording. So let's go. Um, So when you have a loved one that you are caring for who's living in a care home it's vitally important that you try and arrange where possible for members of the family and friends to visit and this will provide additional stimulation for the person in care on a regular basis but it's also to try and ensure that you're not the only one who is part of that you know looking after the person because it's very difficult to be doing it on your own and depending on where you live you know you might not be able to get to the care home every day so if you've got a team of people that you can call on and they don't have to stay for long but that you can call on them and they can you know create you create a schedule where everybody can you know, they can go down for, say, oh no, half an hour, 20 minutes, minimum, whatever it is, but they can be a support. Now, um, some people might say that this can only happen in an ideal situation. And the way that social care is going at the moment, the person's needs isn't put in the forefront. So you might have somebody who, say, lived in London who may be put in a care home that's like 100 miles away. Um, I think they do try and, where possible, cater for family that are in the area, but very often, you know, the person who's going into a care home is not put in close proximity to, you know, one of their nearest relatives. And so this puts a strain on those people who may say used to be the main carer and now you know through not being able to look after them on their own they've had to put them in a a care home so in the previous um, snippet that you would have heard um, I look at what the care partnership has been for me so when mum was at home I paid an active part in her care and I worked out ways in which me my brother and sister could all be part of her care I did a schedule and you know we all knew which weekend was ours and I worked out ways that I could spend as much quality time as possible so as I said with the care homes a lot of them if not the majority of them around England have been privatised and then councils get charged hefty amounts each week 
by the care homes that have been privatised to top up the charges that residents pay either out of their pension or from the sale of their home. And we've heard, you know, in the news where a lot of people who owned their own home had to sell up to cater for their own care needs. And um, care homes, they would, I mean, roughly, I'm, I'm giving you an estimate here. So from about £700 a week upwards, and that's what the resident would be paying. The um, council will also top that up to meet the rest of the money. So for the person who's, you know, drawing their pension, most of their pension, bar say £50, might be used to, to pay for that privatised care home. And, um, and, and so if you own your own home, you know, you're usually, I think the law might have changed recently so that, you know, up to a certain point um, that, you know, you get to keep the home or whatever it is. I'm not sure. But, you know, for those people out there, you would know what's happened to you. For most people, there were scandals, you know, people having to sell their home. Families couldn't afford to pay for the care homes because they can, you know, they're not properly regulated. Because they're privatised, they can decide to charge whatever they want. But the care homes are supposed to be monitored. But many care homes can go from a year to three years without having a visit from their local authority or, you know, the, the referring authority who is supposed to keep an eye on how the residents are treated, the state of the care home, how the care home is run, you know, the staff, you know, it's pretty much like um, schools would be offsteaded. You have this body that is supposed to be, um, you know, not, well, not even this body, the councils themselves, social services departments, are supposed to send out social workers who are supposed to do spot checks and report. But if, a, say, a social worker has, say, 30 clients that they deal with, the idea that they're going to as well go and do a proper spot check, OK, I'm generalising here, you know, um, in saying that there may be some social workers who are able to fit it in. Or I met a, um, a uh, I'm not sure whether he was a social worker, but he did a check on a particular home and he was telling us about it. But if there are no checks done on these homes, this leaves room for incidences of abuse to happen and homes continuing to operate poor standards of care with a high turnover of staff while they're raking in all this money. It's like a big business. Um, and I noted several online reports on the, it's a care home directory for England that shows many care homes listed had not met their basic standards and had issues like clients not receiving their medication. This was like a concern. Um, and it was just like, if this is a concern, how can this home still be in operation? You know, it's just like crazy to think that the residents are not, not being treated right, not, not having their medication when they needed. And we had direct 
um, experience of this where when my mum went into a care home and it was a group of homes um, and she went in walking and then when we picked her up, so I went away for like two weeks and then when we picked her up, we had to literally carry her out. And she, they weren't giving her a medication, her food was just left on the side and it was just like, you know, we made complaints to the social worker and the council and it was just like, I don't think it was taken seriously. Um, and then you've got things like, you know, in this report, um, you know, staff not being police checked, so they couldn't determine whether a staff member has, you know, had any run-ins with the law or, you know, had was not supposed to be around vulnerable people. And um, many more things were highlighted and the care home was left with the responsibility for making sure that they met the standards. So there wasn't a system put in place that said, you know, like, if you don't put these things in place within the next three months, when we do another review, you know, you're going to have to shut the, the care home down. Um, it was like, okay, well, you know, next time we do the review, we'll check to see if these things are in place. And I get, again, so many care homes which had, um, you know, this in the second visit, which was a year later, they were still recommendations, which were the same recommendations that were made like two years ago. So partnerships are important. Now I say this, um, that this is a partnership because you have to keep an eye on things that are going on in the care home and raise any concerns because you don't know what is going on when you leave. And if you're not in the same county as your loved one or not in the same country, you need to have people around you um, or people around the person that, that you used to care for and, you know, is in the care home that can also um, keep an eye. And it is so unfortunate that, you know, if you do live in another country, you can't visit on a regular basis. And then you've got to just trust that your loved one is receiving the care that you want them to receive. So it isn't easy and you have to do what you can, but where possible, you need to play a part. I mean, it's about a community. You know, it's not, you know, so many more people are feeling abandoned and isolated. And I, th I feel this whole system needs to be shaken up because you know you've got more elderly who are on their own who are isolated whose children you know go to another country emigrate or whatever to find um you know to to have a better quality of life and feeling abandoned you know the family doesn't know how to cope and the person who feels abandoned or isolated you know that brings on other health conditions that could have possibly been avoided and then the care home system doesn't really allow for this feeling of community you've got staff running around who are doing assessments all the time and writing down you know they spend more time writing than actually engaging with the staff um, and there's no kind of, you know, extending out to the community, what about volunteer system, so that you can have like regular 
you know, flow of people coming in that are, you know, monitored obviously, but can engage in different activities with the elderly who are there at the home. So there are a few things that you can do to manage your situation, especially if you have family members or friends who are not normally involved in the care and um, who don't usually visit. And I think I've always found this, this is an issue because people see that the person that they knew has changed and they just don't know how to deal with it. And it's, they find it easier not to deal with it than to say, okay, I'm going to sit in this awkwardness and try and have a conversation with this person who just wants to wander or who repeats their sentences and or who asks me who I am. And so I found that you need to create a system or systems so that you can involve other members of your family. And you have to, it's something that you have to sit down and think about because you're empowering them to be more involved and you're providing a means for yourself to have a break and not be the sole one whose responsibility it is to, you know, engage and, um, and, and be the one to be visiting. So what you can do is you can create a schedule for visiting and it's better that, you know, they spend like half an hour, two times a week that they're not at all. They're not visiting or sporadic visits where, you know, they'll, they spend 10 minutes and they feel so uncomfortable because they just don't know what to do, um, that they just leave and don't decide to come back. And it's a short enough space of time, say half an hour, where they can do an activity that will provide a, a meaningful interaction for the person that they're visiting, but also empower the you know, empower them, sorry, that's the dog, <laughs> empower them to, um, to, to be, you know, to take part. So you can ask them to perform specific tasks and create a short list of things that your loved one likes doing. <coughs> sorry about that. <laughs> As the dog came over to me, <coughs> oh, made me cough. Anyway, so ask them to perform a specific task. So if um, the person in the home is mobile, they can go for a walk or, you know, go to the park or, you know, they can do like a hand or foot massage. Or they can <coughs> read the paper or a book or poetry out loud, sing a song, you know, um, play the radio, find a song, maybe, you know, a, maybe a talking program or look through a magazine or a book. And if, if it all fails, talk about the weather. <laughs> they can go through some old, you know, photographs. <clears throat> it could be a holiday or childhood images and they could go through it together with them and talk about the imagery. And it, you don't have to spend a long time you could say oh you know talk about what it was like where they visited if they can remember or your experience of the place if you went along with them or you know <clears throat> about the visit that they had another great thing is to um, you know look at the sensory activities that you can do and you can get things like herbs <clears throat> or essential oils 
let them smell them and this often kind of um, helps them remember maybe sort of like a time in childhood you know it could have been their mother used lavender or you know chamomile or <clears throat> peppermint you know you could you know herbal teas or things like that and getting other people involved in these activities you know helps take the strain and the load off yourself <coughs> so there is no perfect day and even with this long list of things you need to stay flexible because just because you've decided to read a poem the person might not want to do that or you know they might not want a foot massage and so you need to be sensitive and <clears throat> take your time and really kind of see how they're coping with the activity you know or maybe you know switch up a couple of the activities it might just be that they want to sit holding your hand <clears throat> while you talk about your day, you know, talk about the day that you had from start to finish. So there are a range of activities that you can also do, whether you're caring for someone or not, that helps you express what you're, you know, what you're going through and what's going on. So do check out some of my, if you go to my website, check out some of the art videos and the other podcasts which I've been talking about, um, the other episodes, engagement, um, uh, shutting down and things like that, and other things which are really just to kind of help and inspire you. And, um, you know, get in touch and let me know how you get on. It's really important for us to share our knowledge and share our experiences and talk about those difficult things. Talk about the, you know, not wanting, you know, the idea that you don't want to visit the person. It's a feeling, it's an emotion that you might have to, that you have to express. You know, you can't just lock it up. The reality is you might not feel like visiting that person, but you can manage those emotions because, you know, it's, the range of emotions that go through your head, whether it's guilt, fear, sadness, <clears throat> um, shame. And if you bottle all those things up, you know, you're doing yourself a disservice and you're doing other people a disservice. So please do leave a comment. Please comment, send a message. <clears throat> and let me know how you're getting through. Okay, you take care now. You're listening to Reality Arts, helping you to increase your creativity and unlock your hidden talents. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. You can check me out on my blog or YouTube channel for more creative insights, videos and reviews. So see you next week. Stay blessed and be a blessing.